That's for sheep. Oh, total sheep moved. Hey everyone, welcome to the fourth episode of the Fantasy Hipsters Podcast. We've been doing this for a month now. We got a loaded show for you guys today. I'm Matt Franchise, here with my buddy Matt Hartman. What's going on, Matt? It's a lot to discuss today. A lot of things to get to. Um, yeah, like you said, going to be a packed show. Let's just get into it. We've, we've, got, we've got something right off the top to talk about. Let's do it. So normally we do our, our uh, questions at the at the end of the show but this one uh this email deserves some special attention i it, it came to uh it came to my notice on uh on saint patrick's day and i promptly screenshotted it and sent it to you this yep. one comes in from gabe gedlinski i'm gonna go with gedlinski all right hey guys love the new show here's my question i noticed you pronounced do champs differently in the first episode than in your recent episodes were shadowy do champs figures displeased by your initial pronunciation Certainly, you didn't want to lose your hard-earned first sponsorship, a feat never even accomplished by a certain already established NFL fantasy podcast. Keep up the great work, Gabe. Wow. What's your reaction to this? Uh, well, my reaction is that, yeah, we, uh, we screwed it up the first episode. Oh, we're getting a call. Oh, phone's ringing. Getting a call, huh? Put it on speaker. Oh, yeah. Hello? Hey, one thing. Okay. It was kind what, of, you what's know, going on here? While we what is this? Having, uh, and what good, time, good timing. Matt Harmon in the wild. Oh yeah, here we go, Matt Harmon. What's up? Uh, you're actually joined by both uh, Harmon and franchise because we're in the middle. Uh, <laughs> we're recording our own podcast. We're right we're, liter- <laughs> we're literally in the middle of recording our critically acclaimed <laughs> podcast. You guys are live on air on the Fantasy Hipsters podcast. Yeah, this right? is this, this is, is happening. Like the most this Hello, Hipsters listeners. Meta, the most meta thing I've ever been a part of. <laughs> oh my god, like, podcast worlds are colliding. You know what this is? These are like two mirrors looking into each other. It's like an infinite space. <laughs> You're on our podcast, we're on your... What's happening right now? This is great. Uh, Matt Harmon, the reason we are calling you... You know why we're calling you. Why'd you do it? Why'd what? you do it? Why did you cut the beard? For those wow, listeners great. who don't know, Matt Harmon shaved the entire beard off. He now looks like an 11-year-old. We want to know... Matt Harmon, why did you make this poor life choice? Wow. Well, this is funny because we uh, we were actually just about to get to that on our podcast. Yeah. Uh, so we, I guess we can just talk about it now. The reason I did it was because I haven't seen my face. A girl. In, what? No. no. Girl. <laughs> okay. Don't don't be ridiculous. You guys you guys know better than to assume it was for a girl. Um, so uh, where was I? Oh yeah. So I cut the beard because I haven't seen my face in three years, guys. Three years had gone by, hadn't seen the face. I've also lost 100 pounds, humble brag, since I first brag, yeah. uh, since I first started growing my beard. So look, I'm curious to know what my face looks like. Now I know, and the good news is about beards, is it's, I'm already starting to grow it back. Oh yeah, he's already got a 5 o'clock shadow going. <laughs> After four days, maybe more like a three, maybe more like a three p.m. shadow. I, I, I am not gonna lie to you. I was uh, I was like in an Uber or something, and I just pulled up Twitter and I saw it, and I literally yelled an expletive in the back. Of the Uber. <laughs> <laughs> so, I oh. right, so I have a follow-up question, and it's not for for the fantasy hipsters. It's for your roommate Alex Gellin. What kind of oh. friend are you, bro? Hey, he said he was going to do it. I wanted to let him do it. Why? Sometimes you have to, you know, let your let your pals experience things and, and learn of, from it. What kind of friend are you that you would allow this? 
he's a he's a you know a strong-willed man, and he wanted to do what he wanted to do. So I don't understand. You guys are talking about this like it's some kind of permanent decision. This is just a temporary thing. It will grow back. The beard will grow back. Probably grow back even better. And so honestly, grow back even better. Grow back even better. So honestly, this is just a, a, a little experiment. It's not like a, okay. like you mentioned girls. Obviously, there's no female in my life right now to uh, <laughs> to try to keep impressed with me or anything. Uh, so listen, I just something I wanted to try to do, and, and here we are. You guys, you guys, honestly, you should be praising me for the courage I've showed and the adventure crazy. nature. I just don't courage. Listen, my, my question, my follow-up question is: Is this? Why you have spent so much time building the Brussels sprout portion of your brand in order to to alert us to, to you know help uh, soften the blow from this change? Because the beard was a big part of your brand. Well, exactly. This is why I keep my brand so multiple in general, Marcus. You're uh, right. Uh, so, guys, guys, we have to stop down. There's a weird setting on here that just came up and told me we probably don't have any of this audio with these. Guys. Oh. So we'll restart the conversation with them for a second once it helps. I mean, helps we kind of have to we kind of have to go uh, record our podcast. Record so. your podcast. Yeah, right. Okay. We we got all this. Yeah, we got all this. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of equipment are you working with? Yeah, geez. Low budget operation. Uh, over there. We're here, Harmon Franchise. You guys still there? Yes. Yes. Okay, oh, there we are. All right, thanks, Sid. So we'll just we'll just do it quick. We'll we'll key it in from when I said uh, we've got Harmon. Okay. I'll edit this in. So James, ask your first question. <laughs> oh man. Okay, here. That was right, really... We got we got Matt Harmon on the phone. Uh, and Matt Try Franchise. It. Yeah, actually you're and here. You're here. Franchise. Uh, yeah. They're trying to give us the stiff arm right now. This is... Telling us, trying to tell us that they're too busy. Uh, we're not buying it. Yo, you send us off into the wild. These are the things that happen. Yeah, take That's two. True. Take two of this on this low budget podcast. You guys are running is much less organic. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! We had Lord. tactical difficulties for listeners at home. We've worked, so we already had the the natural call into the wild, and now we still have them on the phone, and we're pestering them some more. So unbelievable. James, ask, ask your question, Matt. bro, bro, bro. Seriously, for the for the NFL Fantasy Live podcast listeners who don't know. Matt Harmon, brother, why did you cut the beard? Why did you do it? Well, look, I, I don't know what to say here. It was just a little bit of an experiment because I honestly, I haven't seen my face in over three years. Also, I've lost 100 pounds since I first started growing the beard, humble brag. Uh, but yeah, no, I just, I was curious and I figured why not now? You know, I'm not like I'm doing any TV stuff back with the network at the moment. Nobody's really seeing me. Uh, you know, I'm a humble brag. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I mean, that's kind of your answer. It was just something I wanted to do. Uh, it's obviously not permanent. The good thing about beards is right after you start, uh, much like right when you start living, you start dying. Right when you shave your beard, you start growing it back. Wow, that was wow. dark. That was dark. <laughs> I mean, it's accurate, but. Are you sure this had nothing to do with female companionship? Unbelievable. I am confident it had nothing to do with female companionship. Where are the female okay. companions? That's the question. <laughs> I don't know. They're I not here in the wild. That beard, you're looking for them. No, 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 no. I don't think that's actually uh, helpful because I like I look like a child, obviously. So. Okay. <laughs> so franchise. I mean, because you know, you guys were kind of known collectively for your beards. I mean, how are you feeling? Because this 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 kind of dings your brand a little bit too. No, it doesn't ding my brand. Now my brand can thrive. <laughs> I'm, I'm thriving more than I ever have. No, I'm just kidding. Harmon looks good. Uh, it doesn't really do champs. No, he you know, our our. Uh, our 
podcast sponsor also sells hair products, not just yeah. beard products. They're, they were ex- a lot of people asked us whether they were going to bounce us because I, I no longer had a beard, but they, <laughs> but they were excited because now this shows they not only have products for the bearded, but for the beardless as well. Yeah, they've embraced I, it. I, Both I, of our I, brands are thriving. We're good to go. People are stop dying. all this I fake news. Franchise without a beard, I, I feel like franchise would look even. Younger yeah. than Harmon. Yeah, without a beard. We saw Life at Carded. Yeah, well. I think well, it was a rated R movies. I did show that beard. Of you rolling around, right, franchise with Katy Perry? Humble brag? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> I had a beard then, but it was much shorter than it is now. Uh, so, okay. I haven't been uh, just, just flesh in, like, four years, probably. Just flesh. So, you guys yeah. have to now, you have to do the man bun, right? To keep your hipster... Uh, you know, your, your whole hipster uh, no. persona guy. Did you say man bun? Man bun? I, yeah, I don't think you do that. No, man buns are over, dude. Man buns are weird. Hipster, you gotta go man bun. No. Nah, man buns are weird. I know. I voted against the man bun completely. Yeah, no, no man bun. Right. No man bun. Hey, man. No man bun. If you guys were real fantasy hipsters, you'd be having the man bun. <laughs> well, we'll take that into consideration. Oh, no. All right, I guess we'll let them go. Then. Yeah, we gotta... We, Harmon... And the great Matt Franciscovich, you can find, they've got their own podcast going as Fantasy well. Fantasy Hipsters, check Fantasy it out. Fantasy Hipsters, go check them out there. Yep. Matt Harmon making poor life choices over there now that he's outside business, the NFL Fantasy Business as usual. That's fake news. <laughs> <laughs> Cutting the beard entirely off, looking like he's 12 years old. Looking good, looking still good. Still going strong. Still, still, look, still strong. look better than you, Dad. Oh. 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 <laughs> All right, on that, we'll send you guys off in the wild. Goodbye. Later. Bye, Well, wow. that was an exciting addition that was to, so much fun. to our podcast. <laughs> Whew, what an so, interruption. So that was, yeah, that was a quite an uh, completely unplanned I'm interruption. I'm, yeah, we need to get, so, okay, let's get back into our show. All right, so we read, do we want to recap this email one more time? Yeah, let's, for, for those who, who forgot, um, Gabe was bringing up the fact that we mispronounced do champs in our first episode. Right. And was wondering you know, if that had potentially jeopardized our hard-earned first sponsorship, which, of course, is a feat that he he pointed out, unsolicited, a feat never accomplished by a certain already established NFL fantasy podcast, which we just got off the phone with. Right. So, Gabe, let's let's discuss this. Like, like a couple of idiots, we did uh, forget to confirm the pronunciation. Right. But I think that just goes to show the great relationship that we have with the fellas at Duchamp's grooming, that it was all good, you know? Yeah, they were cool with it. They just kindly were like, hey, don't, you know, just for next time, this is how you pronounce it. Oh, yeah. Um, those guys are awesome. They have great products. And in fact, that's why they sponsor this podcast. So we are presented here on episode four of the Fantasy Hipsters podcast by Duchamp's Grooming Company. Yep. Vintage-inspired, handmade grooming products for the modern-day man. I have the beard oil in my face right now. Harmon, of course, does not because he shaved his beard off. But as we were saying to the NFL fantasy guys, right. they have products for the beard-wearing fellas and the beardless fellas. Yeah, they have hair They stuff. have hair wax right here. They've got throw lip, that in the hair. lip balm. I mean, this stuff smells amazing. It's going to keep you looking fresh. And it's it's handmade. Like how I don't know how you, you even got a, a professional endorsement, dude. I brought it to my barber the other day, and she you know she put it in her hands and was like, wow. She she looked read the ingredients and oh. she said, this is like the best stuff I've ever I've ever worked with. And you know, so if you're listening to this podcast, 
head over to DoChampsGrooming.co on on the internet. And you can follow them on social media, on Twitter, Instagram, like them on Facebook. Make sure you get some of their products. It's fantastic. Personally endorsed by the Fantasy Hipsters. There you go. So we kind of already talked about me shaving uh, the beard. All right, so. yeah, that was that was a topic, but the, the spoiler alert from the fantasy yes. NFL fantasy podcast, they ruined that for us. Let's get into our next bullet point here in the intro. I have kind of a funny anecdotal story. I like that you lead this off with it's kind of funny. That's well, a ringing endorsement. I don't know if it's funny. I guess our listeners can determine that. Well, but, we'll figure it out. I'll be the judge of that. So my fiancé works in the music business. And she was working with their, a new hotel opened in the Holly, neighborhood of Hollywood um, last week. And inside this hotel is a club. So they had this grand hotel slash club opening. And I am not one to be seen at clubs in Hollywood. It's not my scene. Yeah, not a good scene. But she got an invite from the people she worked with. So we went and we were in line there, standing in line like idiots for probably 45 minutes because... They invited too many people, and just like with any club, you stand outside just to get in, and then you overpay for drinks. It's so we're standing there. I wanted to punch every male that I saw because right. they were all dressed like idiots. And clearly it wasn't our scene. I'm a hipster. I didn't belong there. Anyway, we're waiting in line, and on the other side of the rail there, I see a guy kind of with his head down, and he's got like curly hair that's kind of big on top and blonde and he looks up and I was like you know that kind of looks like Odell Beckham Jr but there's a lot of guys now that have hair like that kind of because of his his style and then two seconds later just from behind him Von Miller pops out and I'm like I nudge my fiance Mackenzie and I say holy crap that's that's Odell Beckham and Von Miller yeah. 15 feet away from me. You were texting us about this, too. I could. I texted you guys about it. Like, I could throw... I could be like, hey, Odell, I'm fantasy football. Writer. But I wasn't that guy. Right. I wasn't going to be like, hey, I am a fantasy football writer. What's up? Like, they're out in Hollywood. They want to go to a club. Probably the last thing they want to do is talk to a fantasy writer. Right, yeah. And then I saw a guy in a suit whisk them away, of and course. then I never saw them again. But I was 15 feet from Odell Beckham and Von Miller for... About five seconds, and it was the highlight of my night. It was pretty cool. Nice. Well, that's awesome. So that's my story. Well, beautiful. Well, all right then. Do you want to get into the? Uh, that's a, by the way. That's a pretty good anecdote. I was pretty close. I never, uh, you know, in season we're in the office all the time. There's plenty like, of players rolling. Former around. Former players come by a lot. Yeah. But current players, you know, I don't really get to rub shoulders with current players in season because they're busy playing football so it was pretty exactly. cool it was yeah pretty it was, cool. it's cool to see uh see also see them out and about in their natural habitat yeah very cool clubbing von apparently they've been rolling around like paris together and von and obj i don't know Where, well, it was go. fun yeah sounds good all right well all right you want to talk about uh, the nfl news of the week yeah let's get into it man yeah our first story up top uh nfl fantasy writer Matt Franciscovich, a.k.a. Franchise, gets roasted on Twitter for his Jets wide receiver course take and is buried alive. Mm. Yeah, you might have to check your sources. I don't know if that's accurate. Oh, no, wait. Yep, that's accurate. Oh, can confirm. I, no pulse. Actually, we're recording right now. I'm six feet underground because I was buried alive. Well, So tell us what happened. So basically, I was just casually browsing depth charts on our lads it's not an official team site it's right just a site but they do a great job keeping they update track of the depth right charts. they update depth charts in the offseason because teams don't and i said let me look at what the jets receiving core looks like without brandon marshall and so i just looked at like you know the the first and second string guys and there are names like sharon peak 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Darius Jennings, Jalen Marshall as like first and second string. So I screenshotted it and I tweeted it out. And I said, has the Jets receiving court ever been uglier? I love Eric Decker, but he's banged up and he's 30 years old now. And Jets Twitter came at me they so found you. hard, they dude. Found you. I like Jets Twitter must just be hovering over their keyboards waiting. Just like I realize they don't have a lot of good going on right now, right. the Jets. So this was just like a, the straw that broke the camel's back, apparently. Sure. Uh, I made the mistake of saying, has the Jets receiving court ever looked uglier? See, that's where you went wrong. Because there were a number of times during the Rex... I mean, just as recently as the Rex Ryan, Mark Sanchez era, where it was an abject disaster. Right. I mean, and they were starting like Clyde Gates and Stephen Hill. Yeah. So and if you so, don't know who Clyde Gates is, I don't blame you. Yeah. So Jets Twitter made it known that, yes, actually it has looked uglier. And they're actually optimistic about this crop of talent because these are all young pretty fast guys they just don't have a lot of experience yet there's some promise there i did not mean to offend anyone (laughs) i was just making an observation are you issuing a public apology right now to the families of quincy anunwa and robbie anderson sure i mean anunwa up and coming he showed some promise last year robbie anderson kind of came up at the end of the season right Um, well so to be fair to you yeah i think it's a little Ridiculous that people would be outraged over the fact that you would suggest that it might not be ideal right. to have Quincy Nunez as your clear-cut number two. And I think we've also seen, you know, the Jets receiver core not look great when Eric Decker was the number one when they signed him originally. Right. You know, I mean, I love Eric Decker, but I think he is definitely best as a one B than a, a clear one A. And mm-hmm. I think right now he's a clear one A on the roster. Yeah. I like Quincy Nunez. I think he's a good player. I think he's has, is a nice guy that can fill a role. Uh, Robbie Anderson did play really well as a deep threat last year. I've always had affection for Devin Smith out of Ohio State. Who, he's good. He's just can't. He's always stay on. He might. He might very much be a what could have been player. I mean, he yeah. punctured his lung uh, in his first training camp. Then he tore his ACL toward the end of his rookie year. So yeah. he's going into year three. He's probably on the roster bubble. But I've always loved Devin Smith and Sharon Peak's another interesting prospect. So Jets Twitter is right that they have some potentially promising guys, but it's also not. Uh, it's not too off the off the off the off the ball to uh, say that it might not be an ideal situation. Right yeah, now. and my so. jet, my dad's a lifelong Jets fan. I didn't mean to offend anyone. I just hey. I'm a fantasy guy, and I don't want any of these guys on my fantasy team except Eric Decker if he's healthy. So right. that's a, that's the point I was making. And I got roasted. So sorry, Jets fans. Fair enough. Well, let's move on. Let's move on to the next uh, news item. Um, we got. I think we have to talk about Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, and what's going? I think on. so too. I think because it's just such a big topic in the NFL right now. So, obviously, if you haven't been keeping up lately, Colin Kaepernick is a free agent right now. He mm-hmm. is unsigned. Um, remember going back to the beginning of uh, last season in the preseason, it was came came aware. People became aware of the fact that he was kneeling during the national anthem to protest. Uh, police violence against minorities and right. um, you know just general injustice. Uh, so right now he is a free agent. He opted out of his contract in San Francisco and he has not been signed. Um, the word around the league is that he's being blackballed by the NFL because obviously there are a lot of conservative owners in the NFL um, that don't like what he did. So there, Mike Freeman of Bleacher Report wrote a, a really great article on the whole thing about how some teams even want to use this as kind of an example to other players to don't don't do what he did 
Um, there's also word that uh, the president might tweet. There, there's an AFC GM who literally said they're afraid that the, the president might tweet about uh, right. about the about the team if they sign Colin Kaepernick. So basically, they're just it's a PR thing. They're afraid of backlash, and also they're kind of some are making a stand too. Um, but how how true is all that? We, well, we don't know that. See, right. that's just one AFC GM kind right. of offering an opinion. And right. and where I stand on this is, I definitely think that. What he did, his his activism, which, by the way, he should be, in my opinion, should be commended for the fact that he didn't just, you know, kneel or whatever. And, and you can feel how you want to feel about that, though. I think it's, it's, you know, it's well within his rights to make that sort of protest. Yeah, I agree. Um, he's backed it up by being an incredibly charitable person. I mean, for he, sure. He just, sent a t- he just sent a ton of money to Meals on Wheels after it looks like they might get their budget cut or right. whatever. Right. Uh, he's sending... Planes full of food to Somalia, which is in you know mid famine right now. I mean, he's definitely, and he's always been this way. This isn't a new thing for him. He's always been a, a charitable person who's active in the community. Um, but, anyways, so I think he should be you know for one commended for that. So I think, but but I do think that that activism is playing a role in why he isn't signed yet. Yes, but I also think there's a lot, a lot of other things at, at play here. Yeah, I mean, it's too. one factor. Right. There's a lot of other stuff going on right now. Right. I mean, I think Kaepernick is a borderline high-end backup, low-end NFL starter. I mean, he was productive last year. I mean, San Francisco didn't win a lot of games. Their offense wasn't very good. Yeah, they didn't have a lot of talent for him to no. throw to either. And, but he played well. Right. I mean, it, you know, especially in, in fantasy leagues, I mean, he was like a he was a QB1 there for a long stretch. He was so. a living the stream star. Exactly, yeah. I mean, he, yeah, there were several times he posted like top five quarterback numbers, easily top ten quarterback numbers because he can run and he still can throw despite the fact that he didn't have a lot to work with. So, right. I don't know, but I think there's more nuance to this discussion that needs to be added than just the outrage that he did, you know, I think it's wrong if he's being blackballed for, for, for what he, you know, stood for, what he kneeled for. Right, 100%. Um, but at the same time, I am much more quick to be outraged at that if this was July, not March. Right. Um, There's not a lot going on right now, so it feels like this is kind of reached to, like, make a story out of nothing almost. There, And that might be true, but I think, and I think that in general he is, He's he's like I said he is suffering because of what he did like the the choice he made which again I think is something he should be commended for. Right. Um, there are definitely I mean you can't deny that there are institutional racism things at play with throughout the NFL and in any corporation. But at the same time, like you know Jay Cutler also doesn't have a job. Yeah. Because he's a pain. Right. Uh, and I, Kaepernick's not the same sort of thing. But teams don't necessarily want to take on that. Distraction from a backup quarterback. Um, but what I'm saying is, if this was not March, if this was July, then I would think that now we can definitely say for sure uh, he's being blackballed. Right now, I think it might just be that like teams don't want to necessarily give big money contracts to a backup quarterback. You know, there's you know, there's also plenty of teams who probably think he can only fit in certain offenses. Right. There's a lot of other factors at play here right now, in right. my opinion. I agree with everything you just said, and you know, I I commend Kaepernick for using his platform of being a high-profile NFL player to you know speak his mind and right. But, but maybe he's not the guy to lead this movement. He's he right now he is, but it's almost like you know a guy like Tom Brady or a, a better caliber quarterback might be well it's, making more of an impact as far as. 
I think I think just from raising a, like what I think he did was to he did it to raise awareness yeah. to get a conversation started and that absolutely happened for because sure. of that. And, so, and there are other players kneeling. Right. Yeah, there are other players kneeling too. He's just kind of the face of it because he's, he's a face. he's a quarterback and yes. at one point he was a Super Bowl participating quarterback, somebody that Ron Jaworski was like he's going to be the best quarterback of all time, right. which was like 100 years ago now right. at this point, but yeah, he's better than a lot of quarterbacks on the roster on current rosters. I mean, he's better than guys like Geno Smith or whatever that have signed. For sure. But at the same time, like those guys signed to be clear backups and, you know, who knows? There's a lot of information we just don't know at this point. Yep. Um I absolutely think Kaepernick should be on a roster. I think he will end up on a roster. Yeah. And then if we're having this conversation, you know, four or five months from now and he hasn't been signed, then I think there's cause for, you know, outrage and suspicion about an un- like an unfair situation to him. But gotcha. I just think there needs to be a little more uh, context and nuance to the decision. I mean, we... Our society right now is so very divided as it is, and out, everybody's ready to push the outrage button. That uh, for sure. there there might be some more to this uh, than, than is going on. But I hope I hope he does end up getting signed. Me too. I like the guy. All right. I think the big problem is his hair. <laughs> that hair I mean, is is out. How of does control. he get a helmet over that? I, I have no idea. Well, like he's not. <laughs> he needs some hair wax from Do Champs. Exactly. Yeah, Kaepernick. If you're listening, I mean, he's got a, he, He's got a great beard, so I'm sure he could benefit from the beard balm and the beard oil. Uh, he, would, he might might benefit a little from the uh, from the hair wax. Too. Nice. But anyways, I gotta pour myself some more uh, some more coffee after that big societal rant. Nice. That's liquid gold right there. Right out of the French press. Wow. But anyways, all right, let's move on to uh, our next news topic. Yeah, is Beast Mode coming back? He's currently 31 years old. He is on the NFL. He is retired. He's on the reserve retired list for Seattle. But the talk is that he it misses football. His agent said he misses football. The Raiders are interested in signing him, mm-hmm. and it's pretty much a Raiders or bust situation. I know Rapsheet tweeted that out this weekend that uh, if he comes back, it's going to be to the Raiders. Yeah, his hometown team and... And I think that's look. So the football part of it aside, how do you feel about the idea of Marshawn coming back? I love. How do you, how do you feel about it? I love the brand of Marshawn Lynch. Like he's so much fun to watch play when he's healthy. He's got the Skittles thing going. He was on Bear Grylls. Anytime he does one of these videos for a website or whatever, oh, yeah. they had that Skittles thing before the Super Bowl. The it Scotland. Was hilarious. The Scotland thing. Yeah, there was Playing Houston, the Scotland. And like people eat it up because he's such like a fascinating character. And he's he's just old, man, and his body has been through the ringer. And he'll be 31 years old in September. And my concern is that he comes back and he's just not where he needs to be physically to play at a high level anymore because of all the things he's been through. And Mm -hmm. if he does come back, I want to see him do well. I don't want to see him embarrass himself or be done by week two because of some back injury or something. That That would be the bummer is if he comes back... He's not effective. He gets hurt. You know, yeah. it's just like essentially what what he was when we last saw him. Right. I mean, that was like not Marshawn Lynch. You know, I mean, it wasn't the same ferocious, aggressive running style. It wasn't you know super productive, and he got you know usurped by Thomas Rawls, right. even though he was in, Lynch was obviously injured, but right. Rawls essentially came in and took that job. He did. He did. Um, I don't want to see that version of Marshawn Lynch again. Me neither. I do think you know taking a year off from football, maybe that helped. Uh, behind the Raiders' offensive line, that would be great for sure. High Could be in a position offense. to score a bunch of touchdowns right. on an offense that moves the ball well. So, right. I don't know. It's just the idea of 
Lynch coming back as a neutered version of himself would be sad to see because he was uh, so much fun. He remains so much fun. Right. Um, I like the way he went out when he tweeted Exa- the picture yeah. of the cleats hanging exactly. from the Like, that was awesome, man. So, I mean, we can get into what we think we would project him as from a production standpoint, how right. he'd fit with the Raiders if and when it does happen. Right. But, yeah, for now, I just have a lot of complicated feelings on the matter. And, you know, you know I'm always trying to run the Feelings Podcast, so. Hey, man. We love you, Beast Mode. We want to see you do well and be healthy. So No matter what, whether it's in football or not. Uh, so let's stick with the Raiders now. Former Raiders running back Latavius Murray actually signed with the Minnesota Vikings last week. So yeah. they had like one of the worst offensive lines in the league. Jared McKinnon and Matt Asiata couldn't really get it done with Adrian Peterson out there. He's going from perhaps the uh, the wor- the best situation for a running back behind a great offensive line mm-hmm. and uh, on a great offense to pretty much not that. Right. You know, in, right. in Minnesota, they had a terrible run blocking line last year, um, one of the worst running games I think in NFL history. Um, yes, but they have made some additions to the line this offseason, but. It's pretty much just, I feel like they're just trying to throw stuff at the wall to see what sticks. They've got Mike Remmers from the Panthers in there now. Um, they signed Riley Reef, who their division rival uh, Detroit Lions cast off after signing Rick Wagner. So they're kind of trying to remake that offensive line there. But at the same time, like it's not, it's not a situation that's conducive to running back success. So I don't really have a lot of optimism about uh, Latavius Murray, who's always like, who's already like, we don't really even know how good he is. Right. He scored twelve touchdowns last year, but only averaged four yards carry. Right. Um, he basically like split the workload 50-50 with DeAndre yeah. Washington and Jalen Richard behind him in a committee. There. There were some games where he would come out and be the, you know, twenty, 20 plus touches, yeah. uh, feature back. Then there were others where. Richard, Jalen Richard or, or DeAndre Washington would mix in there. So I don't really know. I'm not interested in uh, in this situation at all, whether it's for fantasy or, or like projecting a lot of great things for Latavius Murray. I still think they're a candidate to add uh, running backs in the draft. Um, sure. Also, I, look, I think I just – I still think Jared McKinnon is, is good. I still think he can be good in a better situation, um, maybe as a passing down back this yeah, year. Yeah, that's his strength. Yeah, and I still think he's he can develop into a better running back than Latavius Murray, but we'll we'll see what happens. I don't know. Not yeah. excited. Not excited about this either way. Going from the Raiders to the Vikings will hurt Laddie's Murray, uh, Latavius Murray's value in redraft leagues this year. So we'll see where where his ADP ends up come summertime. But for now, we're not really into this move. No question. All right, next up, uh, we found out that Cam Newton is actually having surgery uh, for a torn rotator cuff. What do you think about that? Woof. That's what I think about that. Yeah, it um, stinks. Yeah, what's, what's the, the worst part about it is that apparently he had this injury in week 14. And it's odd to me. I mean, I'm, I hate like trying to play the doctor because I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. But yeah. it's odd to me that they wouldn't just shut him down. Right. Right then in week 14. I mean, they were not going to go to the playoffs No, last there year. was a lost season by that point. Right. He was playing poorly uh, towards the end of the season. This is probably a big reason why. Um, and he continued to get banged up. He banged up behind a bad huge line. Huge hits. Yeah. I mean, I bemoan the, uh, the way the Carolina Panthers offense is designed all the time because they, they, um, they have a... When they have bad pass protection, it's a really big mess. I mean, in 2015, they had a good line, but last year they suffered a lot of injuries to Ryan Khalil, Michael Orr, and, and other players on the offensive line. And 
with the way that they run real slow developing routes, deep passing plays with guys like Devin Funches and Kelvin Benjamin who don't separate well. Yeah. It's a recipe for total disaster. And at the end of the season, it was just it was a train wreck. And yeah. this is probably a big reason why. And going forward, I mean, obviously if Cam Newton's not behind center, this offense sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yes. No real way to mince words about it. Um, the question is, when is he going to be able to get back on the field? There's there's no like clear consensus of that right now. And, and I would... Several um, months, at least. Several. I mean, it's definitely going to be several months. Like yeah. the question is whether he'll be ready for the season or not. And I don't really know if that's there's a consensus opinion on that right now. But do you either, know if it's his throwing arm? Yeah, it I'm is? pretty. I'm pretty sure it is. But it sucks. Yeah. Either way, it's not good. Um, he's at that point in his career. Uh, I know somebody was, or I was texting with a buddy of mine who's a 49ers fan. He was saying like Cam really needs to get on the phone with Steve Young. Um, and talk about like how to run less as your your career extends. But yeah. I think it would be even better, you know, if they um, if they did like I know our colleague at NFL Network, Chris Wessling, kind of suggested that they take the Ben Roethlisberger approach. Like how Ben used to be real reckless with his body. I mean, he still gets hurt all the time, but he used to play that like backyard style of football. Oh, yeah. Now he's more of a timing precision passer that sits in the pocket and you know lets plays develop. And I think they need to take that similar sort of approach with. Cam Newton and this 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 injury just only underscores that for sure. All right, Cam, best of luck in your recovery there. Let's move on. Our your boy and mine, yes, Kamar Aiken, wide receiver, formerly of the Baltimore Ravens, signed with the Indianapolis Colts this week, and the word is he'll compete for the third receiver job with Philip Dorsett there. This is huge. That's the, I love this. This move. is this is we huge both news. love Kamar Aiken. He was kind of buried on the depth chart in Baltimore last year, right? And I think speaking to that and speaking to his current situation, a lot of what that has to do with is the team's commitment to other players. Yeah. Um, look, I I know Kamar Aiken is gonna you know people that follow my work or whatever and you know were real aggressive with Kamar Aiken projections. And I wasn't alone on that. A lot of people were 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 thinking that that might become a thing because all those wide receivers in Baltimore right. were injured to start the season. They were all injured, but if you look at uh, like I think I think Kamar Aiken is is good. I yeah. think his film shows that. I think when he was given an opportunity to produce in 2015, when he had a ton of targets because all their players got injured. Yeah. He, he played well. He was essentially their number one receiver, and he almost broke 1,000 yards, 944 yards. Um, so I think if he gets opportunity, he can play well. And last year, I mean, he he fell behind uh, Steve Smith, who obviously is one of the greatest wide receivers ever, my favorite receiver ever. So you know he's going to fall behind a veteran like that. The team Coach. paid Mike Wallace to yeah. to be that field stretcher, so you know he's going to be on the field. And he was essentially battling Brashad Perryman for snaps. And obviously the team spent the first-round pick on Brashad Perryman. Right. They're going to want to get him on the field over a long-time special teamer, even if he's a good player, and Kamar Aiken. That's how the NFL works. Fast forward that to Indianapolis. Why he will compete with Philip Dorsett for the number three job is because the Colts fired the general manager. Chris Ballard, the new GM, is, has no commitment to to Ryan Grigson's bad first round Draft pick. Picks, right. So I think he can compete, and I think he could win that job. So God, I hope he does. <laughs> I know that would be awesome that would to be see so Kamari can rise from the ashes that he left in Baltimore. There, yeah. And I mean, Andrew Luck is. I mean, I guess it's. I, in my opinion, he's a step up from Flacco. Oh, I don't, I don't, don't think that's a hot take. Yeah, I think that's pretty reasonable to say. Um, so that's a good situation there. It's a good situation, and I think that the team, like their need for a receiver, is a little more is a little more greater than it's normally stated. 
because uh, you know they they got some red zone work out of Dante Moncrief last year. He was hurt all the time. Dorsett's a, a role player only. Mm-hmm. Um, T.Y. Hilton's a stud, but I mean after that they're pretty much bone dry unless you count tight end Jack Doyle. Right. So it's a good move. I hope he I hope he's productive. Cool. God, there will be a lot of high fives on this podcast if uh, I know Kamar if Kamar Aiken turns back into the goat. That would be amazing. All right. Speaking uh, of the goat, the goat, uh, the goat backup quarterback Josh McCown signs with the Jets on a one-year deal. All right. I mean, Josh McCown, God bless you, is really trying to collect every jersey well, uh, in the NFL. Well, he has the best receiving core that the Jets have had in five years. Per true per, per, per Jets, Jets Twitter, Twitter. <laughs> right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> so, I mean, he probably will end up. Unless they make another move at quarterback, you know, Chase Daniel or Jay Cutler or whatever, uh, or in the draft, you would have to think he's the favorite to start week one at this point. So we know how that goes. Josh McCown starts for your team. He gets hurt eventually. Yes. And your team gets a number one pick. Right. Yay! (laughs) Also, this means Christian Hackenberg might get starts. Uh, ESPN New York expects him to take some starts in 2017. If you're not familiar with Christian Hackenberg, he's bad. So yeah, there you go. he's bad. He's bad. All right, sorry, Jets. It's just a bad situation there. Uh, next up, you... so I think we should save the reception perception talk for next week. Okay, because we're already kind of deep here with our with our fellows up top derailing our uh, our podcast. Yeah, thanks. obviously out of jealousy. Thanks. Yeah, so we'll uh, we'll save the reception perception talk for next week. We'll we'll, we'll hit on that then. But uh, for now. Want to take a quick break before we get to the music and beer? Let's do it. All right, see you on the other side. Cool. All right, everybody, we want to remind you about the sponsor of today's show. It's the Duchamp's Grooming Company. Their vintage-inspired, handmade grooming products for the modern-day man are incredible. They have a fantastic beard oil and beard balm to get your facial hair looking just right. They also have a hair wax to make you look stylish as, as all get out, or... Even a little bit of lip balm there that's scented very nice. Now, for the ladies out there, if you still want to grab some products from them, which we encourage you to do so, they have plenty of kits to get your loved ones a present. All these handmade products are awesome. I use them every day. I have them in my pocket right now. They even have a signature scent. Um, You can find all this stuff at the online shop at www.duchampss.com. G-R-O-O-M-I-N-G dot C-O. That's DoChampsGrooming.co. They have an online shop and follow them on Instagram, DoChampsGroomingCo, and on Twitter, at DoChampsGroomCo. Find them, follow them, retweet them, and buy their stuff. All right. Let's get back to the show. All right. guys this next segment is brought to you by flag and anthem it's a men's clothing website listen you're not trying to play it so safe that that you're content to just fit in you don't want to wear the same uniform as everyone else because that's mainstream on the other hand you don't want to look like you're trying so hard that you push the fashion envelope right off the table you're comfortable being you flag and anthem is a subtle smart well-made style for the kind of guy who values hard work but also knows how to unwind and have a good time. Flag and Anthem makes clothing for guys who are too busy enjoying life to obsess about micro trends. Mm. They make classics that are always cool, and the fantasy hipsters are rewarding our listeners with a ridiculous 25% off promo code. Just enter fantasy hipsters upon checkout 
on your first order at flagandanthem.com and you get 25% off. Follow Flag and Anthem on Instagram and Twitter at Flag and Anthem Co. They're going to do some random sales on Twitter, so keep an eye out there. And uh, I'm wearing a, but- a short sleeve button up right now. Harmon's got his long sleeve t shirt. I mean, stuff I'm, looks great, dude. I'm it's got so like a Buffalo on it from Montana. It's big it's sky country, baby. On brand. It's very, very on brand. So flag and anthem. Go get yourself twenty five percent off. Use the code Fantasy Hipsters upon checkout. All one word. All one word. And uh, you know, thank us later after you look oh, yeah. amazing. It's a great deal. Definitely make sure you check them out. All right, let's talk about some music, huh? Let's get into music. All right, today's artist brought to you by the franchise. They are called the Avalanches. They are from Australia. It's sort of like one guy's the leader, but it's technically it's a group. Um, basically, they put an album out in the year 2000. Uh, it was called uh, Since I Left You, and it came out to critical acclaim. And uh, then they kind of fell off the radar because the leader had some personal issues that he went through for over a decade. And so they finally released their second album in late 2016. It's called Wildflower, which was also out to critical acclaim. This band's genre, it's called Plunder Phonics. So Plunder Phonics is any music made by taking one or more existing audio recording and altering them in some way to make a new composition. So basically, the Avalanche's songs are a collection of samples from other old songs new songs like you know classic stuff you hear and they work it in and it's kind of like uh, electronic hip-hop if you know who pretty lights is they do Mm. he does the same thing oh um, yeah where he takes samples and then kind of makes a beat around it and it's like it's it's electronic but it's also hip-hop so that's why you know it's kind of a melding of the two genres uh the first album that uh avalanche has put out since i left you the band leader robbie chatter estimated that that album was assembled from approximately 3,500 vinyl samples. Wow. Now, if you know what goes into, like, a major artist putting out an album that's full of that many samples, they legally have to get all those samples cleared by the licensing and all it's that crazy. stuff. crazy. That is wild to have 3,500 samples on yeah. an album. So the Wildflower that came out last year was also awesome. You should check out both albums, but Wildflower is the more recent one. There are guests like MF Doom... Uh, Biz Marquis is on it. Barry Gibb of the Bee Gees has a couple writing credits on it. There's so many guests in the writing credits. Look them up on Wikipedia. It's crazy. Uh, my favorite songs are called Frankie Sinatra. That's a good one. Featuring MF Doom. Yeah, that was their first I think single. you showed this band to me, or all, to all the guys at work, like in the season. I sent it to the Stronghold. Yeah, yes, you guys were did. all pretty into it. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's good. It's kind of like you want to put it on your headphones and just like go about your day and have it be like the soundtrack and the clouds above you. That's how I feel about Maybe it. Maybe a little bit of workout music. Yeah. Because it's mostly... It's up-tempo. Upbeat. Yeah. Um, and then another highlight track is called Subways. And then my other favorite one is called Because I'm Me. So check out those tracks. I'll throw those tracks on my Spotify playlist. Uh, the Avalanches, they're playing Coachella this year uh, on Friday, both weekends. So if you're going to Coachella, check them out there. Uh, How can people the find the Spotify playlist? So the Spotify playlist is, uh, I'll tweet it out. I'll put it on the in the put it in the show notes in the show notes for this podcast. I'll tweet it out. I'll make you guys. I'll embed it in the article on my website. Stick to football, so you guys can find it. It's basically every artist I talk about on this podcast. 
I add my favorite songs of that artist on this playlist. So it's the Fantasy Hipster Spotify playlist. It's public. You can follow it. I'll tweet it out. And uh, if you can't find it, hit me up on Twitter at Matt Franchise, and I'll send you the link. Very so that's good. the Avalanches. Beautiful. Well, get into my beer of the week. Do it. I'm um, unfortunately not going to drink on this episode of the podcast. I thought, well, you're what? drinking your coffee. True. I'm drinking coffee because it's a little earlier. Yes. Uh, and I haven't even, I haven't gone to the gym yet. So, and I do have a policy that. One beer equals no gym trip there because you go. it's a little little tough to get yourself hyped. So yeah, I'm not going to drink here at one one in the uh, afternoon. At least at least not today. Uh, but anyways, so the beer I want to talk about is uh, the Patsy from Barley Forge Brewing. It's in Costa Mesa, California. It's been doing a lot of California beers. You are. Here. Have they all been Cali beers so far? No, uh, Oscar Blues is Colorado, okay, and cool. that was Dale's Pale Ale in the first episode. Um, so, yeah, this this one though, I it's funny because I'm not really too big into stouts or heavy beers. I mean, I like them occasionally, but um, I was no, you weren't there for this, but we had just uh, we, Alex and our and his friend friend Dane and I had all just seen that uh, that King Kong movie, which was ridiculous by the way um, good or bad though i mean it was it was fun to watch and like yeah. kind of laugh at but right. it wasn't it was definitely not something uh i could win an oscar yeah i wouldn't like <laughs> recommend it or anything but anyway so i you know we we had already had beers beforehand and had eaten and then came back to the gulp after that because it's right next to the theater yeah. and uh you know I I always frequently ask Ashley, our our favorite bartender. Uh, so, sorry to any of the others that are listening, but uh, I I I always ask her like, what should I drink if like I don't know off the top of my head what mm-hmm. I want? And she recommended this beer, the Patsy, and I was like, well, you know, I don't really normally like stouts, especially after I already had like a few other beers. She's like, no, 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 trust me, this is good. Spoiler alert: she was right, <laughs> as she as she normally is. Uh, she knows her beers and she knows what I like, so she brought this. So she brought this out, really good. It's like kind of a coconut rye stout. Wow. So again, like what? Yeah, but I'm not even that big of like a a coconut person. So I was like definitely kind of skeptical of this, but really good. You know, get it in a good looking glass there, uh, and yeah, just a good like not too heavy beer, but just the flavor hits you well. Like I said, you can drink it after a few beers already. It's not one of those stouts where like. You get it, and you're just like, oh, my God, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw up. feels like, like a meal in itself. Yeah, yeah it's like yeah. about 6.6 ABV, so cool. pretty good stuff. I would definitely uh, recommend anybody go out and, uh, and get yourself some if you yeah. have access. Their yeah. website says that it pairs well with pulled pork, braised brisket, gorgonzola cheese, and chocolate dessert. So pretty, Whoa. so pretty multiple there. Yeah. You get it while you're, uh, you're barbecuing some meat and then uh, afterwards for dessert. Dude, you had me at coconut. I know. Well, see, I'm I'm like I said, I'm kind of iffy on coconut. We could get into we could get into food takes, but then then mm, no. pretty much blow the hole in the rest of the show. <laughs> All right, well, All right nice, nice pick. Good stuff. Yeah, good good music to you. Very good. good High stuff. five. Yeah. Anyways, so we'll move on to our last section of the show, which is our listener questions. Cool. But before we get into the questions, we have to tell you that this segment of the show is sponsored by Reality Sports Online. Have you ever wished you could be an NFL general manager? I have. Well, good news, franchise. Now you can. Thanks to Reality Sports Online, a powerful fantasy sports platform where owners get to build and manage their teams just like an actual NFL GM. Reality Sports Online was actually created by former front office personnel people with the Eagles and features a revolutionary free agency auction room, and that actually mimics real-life NFL free agency. It enables owners to negotiate and sign the NFL's top talent to single or multi-year contracts. 
The platform can host up to 32 teams and has a ton of other cool features in addition to the free agency room like a rookie draft, multi-team trades, franchise tags, injured reserve, automated contract, and salary cap functionality, and much, much more. Test your GM skills for free with our 14-day free trial at realitysportsonline.com. If you like what you see, use the promo code HIPSTERS to receive a 10% discount on your team or league today. For real. We love this platform. You and I both play in a league there together. Yeah. A dynasty league with Matt Waldman, Sigmund Bloom, Bob Harris, a who's who right. of, of fantasy fellas. Playing a big league with them. Good stuff. We definitely endorse that you guys check it out. For sure. I personally like the rookie draft thing because last year, it's a, the league we're in is a dynasty league, right? So you draft your guys on a salary cap or whatever. And then like afterwards, you go to a completely different room and it's just rookies, yep. like snake style. And you I can do it, was, it all at once and, and then, then you can do it separately. That was too. very cool. I've never done that before. So Yeah, the free agency gets lit. Oh, yeah. I totally overpaid for Jordy Nelson last year. Oh, I overpaid for Jamal Charles. So, yeah. Oh, that's you did. <laughs> but oh. I did it. I was like, because I had a ton of cap room. Like, I know nobody nobody cares about your fantasy team. But, yeah, yeah I, paid, I, paid a ton of, um, I paid a ton of money for Charles because, like, I was contending. Um, we, yeah. both, we were both in the playoffs this yeah. year, too. And, like, Jordy had, Nelson carried me to the promised land, man. Yeah, that ended up working out for you yeah. a lot better than my big move did. I mean, right. I, I paid for Jamal Charles, like, a ton of money on a one-year deal, hoping he could help because I had a really strong receiving core with the GOAT, Allen Robinson, Mike Evans, T.Y. Hilton, Amari Cooper, and I was like, all right, I need some just some just some running backs to get me through. Did not happen. But I my boy LeGarrette Blunt did. Last year. Yeah. LeGarrette Blunt carried you LeGarrette Blunt was my was my stud running back because nice. he's he's awesome. Anyway, so yeah, that's who uh, we're presented by, the mailbag section here, and let's get right into the questions. Let's do it. First up comes from Michael Stepany, friend of the show. Yeah, good guy. Uh, good he's, guy. he's a great, he's a great guy. He's been, he's followed me, I think, longer than almost anybody else on Twitter, and nice. he's listened to. Uh, he used to listen to a shout out to the Sportable Days with Sal Stefanelli running, uh, running that one. I used to do a Sunday morning hangout with, uh, with, uh, with Dan Schneier, uh, who used to work for PFF, and uh, TJ Hernandez. Those, those, wow. were, those were good days. So throwback. So they're very big throwback. But anyways, he asks us, he says, Greetings to the organic and locally cultivated hipsters. Kamar Aiken was signed by the Colts on a one-year deal today. Are you a buyer for him to have any fantasy relevance outside of a short-term or long-term injury to either T.Y. or Moncrief? I don't count Philip Dorsett because he's bad at football. Also, can you see Colts drafting a tight end in the later rounds as a developmental prospect, or can Eric Swoop be a thing if Jack Doyle goes down? I loved your guys' show from the first time I listened to it on iTunes. Subscribe, rate, and review. I hope you continued the great work that you do each and every week. Try not to let Charlie as a producer derail or hijack the show with his continuous pushing buttons at the worst time. Continued success and good health. Well, thank you, Michael. Uh, so we kind of touched about the Kamar Aiken thing. You and I are both... On board. We're on board. We're excited about that. We think he can beat out Dorsett. We think he can be productive. Yeah. Um, in terms of like where you're going to draft him in a redraft league, I think we need to wait to see how this plays out in training camp. Yeah. If it's a competition. Right. You know, we want to wait on that. We're not, you know, nothing is, is a lock right now as far as Kamar Aiken having a role there. So No doubt. Um, T.Y. Hilton had over 150 targets last year. You know, Dante Moncrief obviously was in and out of the lineup. Yeah. But there's volume to be to be absorbed there it, for for the number three receiver because they're a pass-heavy team. I mean, I think the key with the Colts is do they address the backfield um, in right. the draft? I mean, they have Frank Gore, who's the same age as both of us combined. Yeah. Um, Gosh. 
if they get a player like Christian McCaffrey, who I think would be perfect fit there, mm-hmm. um, he would absorb some targets too. So I think Aiken's like somebody worth monitoring right now. But we, did, like you said, kind of have to see how it plays out in training camp uh, to see if he actually wins that battle. But in terms of the tight end, yeah. I don't really see the Colts taking a stab at a tight end because they signed Jack Doyle to a, a three-year deal. Um, and that's significant, again, because we mentioned that their GM position turned over this offseason. And right. what, what that indicates to you is that, you know, and I think Evan Silva's done a good job pointing this out, of like, you know, that must mean Chris Ballard got in there, watched some film, was like, oh, this Jack Doyle guy is good. I don't have any commitment to him, but I need to sign him to a contract. And mm-hmm. Eric Swoops, definitely former basketball player from Miami, intriguing athlete. Um, he had a ton of big pl- – he had a few big plays last year towards the end of the year. So I think that, uh, yeah, they're, they're probably kind of content, content at tight end. I think they need to spend draft picks on defense. I'd agree with those all Badly. of those takes. Badly. All right. Next, you- next email, I'll read it. Yeah, go ahead. From our buddy Chris Allen, who's also a – a big supporter of us, uh, you know, NFL fantasy and the hipsters. So he uh, gave us this. He gave us these glasses that I'm drinking out of right Beautiful now. Beautiful little pint glass there. HBYOB. Homebrew your own beer, right? Well, let's not read too much. We're not sponsoring this podcast. Okay. <laughs> hey, we're sellouts. What do you want? It's a nice glass. It is a nice glass. No. Read the email. All right. So Chris says, "Hey guys, congrats on taking a break from that other podcast and doing something way better." Agree. Well, what was the name of it? NFL something something. I forget. Anyways, question. What are your top five hipster activities you'd recommend to other people? Much love, eat Arby's. Mm. Hipster activities, huh? Yeah. I mean, I think the obvious ones are um, finding new music. Yeah, that's definitely music discovery is a huge one. Uh, In terms of your consumption of, of, of liquids... You know, some some good craft brews. Uh, I obviously c- clearly love doing that. Yes. Um, you sound, again, you sound so aggressive when you talk about, yes, I like to drink, all right? Get off my back. No, I'm agreeing with you. I'm Sure. I, have, I okay. was, was going to bring up coffee. Yeah. The, uh, the hipster way, the only way to drink coffee is... Is with a French press. With a French press. Yeah. You grind the beans so that they're fresh. Oh, you leave the beans in the freezer, right? Oh, I don't know about this. You got to put the beans in the freezer to keep them fresh, fresh, like as as fresh as you can get them. Sure. You, you keep the beans in the in freezer. In the freezer, though? In the freezer. When you're ready to grind them, you know, you pour out the amount you're going to grind. But aren't they going to get all, like, hard and hard to grind? No. Really? Yeah. You try it. Okay. I, I speak the truth, man. Try it. I'm skeptical. Well, you could leave them in the fridge if you're really that concerned about it. I don't know. I leave mine in the freezer. You grind them. You got to get a grinder on Amazon for like 20 bucks. Oh, yeah, definitely get a grinder. You got the French press. And then, you know, you set your timer for three minutes. You let them brew. You push the French press down and you pour liquid gold out. That is definitely one of my favorite hipster things to do is make coffee. Oh, yeah. And I'll just say this as somebody um, that this time last year was still drinking like heavy French vanilla cream coffee. Yes. I went and when I went and did the, my cross country road trip, um, I just was like, "All right, I'm done." You know, because I'm very concerned about my health or mm-hmm. whatever. You know, uh, trying to always constantly improve my physique and fitness. Uh, so, 
Um, I was like, look, this is a lot of needless sugar I'm taking in. For I got to sure. just cut out coffee. It adds up. So on the road, I was like, all right, I'm just going to buy the nastiest trash gas station coffee every morning as I'm driving around. And eventually that was just like, all right, I just got used to it. That's the thing. Drinking it black? Drinking it black. The worst coffee black? Yeah. I mean, not the worst. Like, you know, I'd go to, yeah. you know, some 7-Eleven yeah. or something. It's not, it's not bad, but it's not like, you know, super high quality hipster coffee or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you guys got to kick it if you're, if you're. Drinking coffee creamer, you can go black with your with your coffee. I, I promise you, I've done it, and you will not regret it. Because I am a total just like you said. Get some good beans, grind them up, yeah. put them in the French press. It's such a good uh, tasting cup of coffee, and I'm glad that I I'm glad that I saw the error of my ways. Nice. So, and if you need an alternative, I like to use almond milk once in a while. Yeah, this is pretty hipster. Almond you're weak, milk in the coffee. Sure. No. Yeah, if you're weak. No. So those are three hipster activities. What's you got any two others? Uh, keeping my beard fresh. Obviously, beard care. Yeah, maintenance. You know, man. Or hair care. I don't really need to hear about your man. <laughs> I um, mean, on my face, bro. Sure. Also, I would say, you know, reading some enlightened material. Oh, you read. Oh yeah, oh. you know some social. Th- I mean, it was my major in college was like sociology emphasis and social theory. But those are some pretty hipster activities, kind of becoming you know woke to so, social yeah. concepts. Staying woke. Also, uh, outdoor activities I think are pretty in general pretty hipster. You know, uh, like gardening. Like gardening, yeah. yeah. Obviously, big big endorser of plant Twitter here. Um, many people would say the the king of plant Twitter. Many people would say Many that. people would say that. So, you know, keeping the garden up to date, uh, also going on hikes, you know, exploring the outdoors in general, camping, this, that, or the other. For sure. Also being environmentally sound. Oh, yeah. You know, reusing water. Um, I do that for my, for my gardening. If, uh, if we get a rain, which never happens out here, but if you live in a more rain-heavy area, leave a bucket out, collect the water. Collect the acid rain falling from the sky. Right. Yeah, <laughs> you could dil- you could dilute it, but anyways, your plant's gonna get rained on. You know, whatever. Yeah. Like again, if you live in a city that's not Los Angeles and it's not poison raining from the sky, I was just kidding. Yeah, don't come at me about this. It was just a joke. You know, whether it's uh, also you know using uh, like composting, that's something I'd like to get started doing too. Brandon LaFell is a compost heap thing. God, you remember and, that? That's just rude of you to constantly belittle Brandon LaFell. You agreed with me though. Well, it was funny. Yeah. I'm just saying it's rude. All right, let's move on to the next question. All right, go ahead. Uh, Nick Stone asks, aren't you guys worried about Matt Ryan this year? He's never been consistent and wasn't even a top 10 guy going into last season. And with the departure of Shanahan, I just see it being another down year for Matty Ice. Well, Nick, for one, you're assuming that we're not worried by the uh, tone of your question. Right. Aren't you guys worried? Well, maybe we are worried and you don't know. So let's answer the question. Are you worried about Matt Ryan this year? I, def- I definitely am because last year was his second season in Shanahan's system. Right. So we saw the first year when Shanahan came to Atlanta. Uh, you know, their offense got off to a hot start, and then they kind of fizzled out as the season went on. And some of that was attributed to Ryan's struggles learning Shanahan's offense. And he worked on his footwork in the offseason. And it helped him coming into the second year. He had more talent. He had Mohamed Sanu. They had Taylor Gabriel back there. Tevin Coleman got healthy. And I think all these things around Matt Ryan made for the perfect storm of success last year. And they made it to the Super Bowl. 
And now Shanahan's gone, and the offense is going to change. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I'm definitely concerned. Anytime a guy, like we saw it with Cam Newton two years ago, anytime a guy has a historic, outrageous season in fantasy, they're the QB1 by 40 points or whatever mm-hmm. the margin was, There is the next season there is going to be regression no matter what. You can't repeat a historic performance because that's what makes it historic. Right. I mean, you talk about regression. Matt Ryan had the best uh, the best stats among quarterback in touchdown percentage at 7.1, yards per attempt at 9.3, adjusted yards per attempt at 10.1, yards per completion at 13.3, and passer rating at 117.1. Outrageous. So, I mean, yeah, those are all outrageous numbers record breaking he's never led the nfl in any of those categories before at, at any point in his career right i mean yes he, he had a 69.9 completion percentage it's very nice. nice um you know that he might be an efficient quarterback again next year but you know we talk again talking about regression like that offense scored over 70 more points in the second place team i don't think they will repeat that again but i also think that atlanta is set up really well to have a strong offense this Agreed. year again i mean they have devonta freeman and Ke- tevin coleman they have Julio Jones, who we know is a stud when yes. he's when he's on the field. Yep. Um, Muhammad Sanu, I think, could be even better in his second year there uh, with more chem. He's definitely a type of receiver that relies on a lot of chemistry with the quarterback, and if, if he and Ryan have better chemistry this year, that, that could be something that you look out for. Austin Hooper is an emerging tight end. They have Taylor Gabriel, who's a proven big play threat now at this point. So I think they're, they're set up well to, to be a productive offense. Again, he's set up to have another good season, that is Matt Ryan, but expecting him to – repeat those same numbers two years in a row um, is definitely a bit of a stretch. Agree. Um, also, I, they had everybody, like, the biggest thing is health. They had all those guys except Julio Jones, really, yeah. uh, stay healthy for the most part this season. Their offensive line stayed healthy until Alex Mack was hurt in the Super Bowl. Like, those are the biggest reasons that I think, like, injuries just tend to happen. I mean, again, you talk about Cam Newton, Carolina. Like, they had injuries all over the offensive line in 2016 after they stayed healthy pretty much all of 2015. Right. So. I think you're just yeah you're bound to see those things kind of kind of drop back. You can't expect Ryan to be the QB one again, right? But I think he'll still be a top ten fantasy quarterback. Yeah, he's just not going to be a ridiculous value like he was last year, right. where he wasn't even drafted in a lot of redraft leagues. This year, he'll probably go as a top three quarterback, right? You know, behind maybe behind Aaron Rodgers and maybe Tom Brady, Tom Brady, Andrew Luck, and he might compete for that third spot. But just generally, it's best to fade those. Uh, early quarterbacks. Agree. Yeah. All, All right. right. Next question here comes from Raymond Brace. Sure. I'm a big fan of reception perception, but I don't always have a firm grasp of what I'm reading. I hope this is not too dumb, but I'm trying to learn. We we encourage learning. There's no such thing as a dumb question. The only dumb question is the one you don't ask. Uh, specifically, with respect to the route tree diagrams, what qualifies as a comeback? Is that a designed route? Is this just the route that ends up being run because the Brussels sprouts are burning in the backfield and the quarterback is running for his life? Do, do those get recorded as comeback routes? Do those get do those get recorded as what you perceive the original route to have been? If they are regarded as comeback routes, what general percentage of those routes would you guesstimate are designed versus end up that way? Thank you. Well, franchise, I think you should take this one. Yeah, so... Uh, uh, Harmon, I think you should take this one. Okay, well, clearly I've got to, I, I, I've got to 
carry the team here. Jeez, can't even ask a simple question about somebody else's methodology. Wide receivers, I mean, it's your thing. So. I guess I guess this question probably was designed After for me. After me getting roasted by Jets Twitter, I shot, probably shouldn't talk about wide receivers for the next year. Yeah, stick, stick, to, stick to running backs and, and music. Okay. Um, anyways, so... The uh, the comeback route, what that is not, it's not one of those routes you're talking about where like they break off the the route when the quarterback is under duress. Those routes I do chart, and they go under the other category. So if you're looking at the reception perception chart, it's the one on the bottom left that's like a dotted line. I essentially added that in there in there to come up with those improvisational or option routes where they break off when the Brussels sprouts are burning in the backfield. Right. But a comeback route. Is, so you, you see the hitch route a lot, which is I'm, I'm drawing in the air, which is really effective radio, but at least you see it. You know, when, they come, when they're going straight down the field and they break back towards the inside of the field, mm-hmm. the comeback is a different route where they are going down the, down the sideline and then they come back to the outside. Got it. So the comeback is one of my favorite routes because it's a really difficult one to run. Like, not only do you, this is going to get really nerdy route tree talk, but just spare me for a minute. Yeah. Um, or humor me for a minute. Like, the, the comeback route is you, you've got to run down the field. So what you're doing there is you're selling the cornerback that you're going to go vertical, yeah. that you're going to take the route deep. So there's a lot of deception that involves. Like you can't tip the cornerback that you're going to break back with your eyes or your head. you got to keep that thing vertical. And then at the last minute, you sink your hips. And it's, it's natural to think to snap back to the, to the inside. But the comeback, you're coming, you dip your shoulders and come back. And it's a hard route to create all that timing and athletic movement. So when I see a receiver run a really good comeback route, I'm really impressed by that. I value those success rates, especially if they run them on a high degree of their routes. I, I value that a lot. Okay. So players like in this draft class, Chris Godwin or uh, Isaiah Ford are guys that run a lot of comebacks and have high success rates on there. So that's the difference between the comeback and uh, you know a, an improvisational route where you like a you know, John, the stereotype is always Johnny Manziel and Mike Evans. Like Manziel would break off plays, and then Mike Evans would break free from the route. Those are different than a traditional comeback route. But so I have a question. Go ahead. So you said the comeback is to the outside of the field. The hitch is to the inside of the field. The hitch or the curl? I call oh, it I was the, gonna, curl, the curl. That was going to be on, my yeah. question. What's a curl? So the curl, curl is the same thing as a hitch. As a hitch yeah. Got so it. it's the, I, I call it a curl on the on the route tree. And then um, like there's a term called button hook. Is that just another term for? Yeah. That's just another. T- that's just a different type of, of of the hitch route, but it's all the same thing where you're, again, running vertical and you snap back. Um, but the just depends on which side of the field you're. It just depends on the towards. depth of the route too. But yeah, Got so it. the comeback is the out is the outbreaking route, which is a little more difficult. But I do value curl. Like both those routes are great because there there's a lot of uh, there's always a lot of talk about like you know this guy doesn't run the full route tree or whatever. But I think a lot of fans would be surprised of how much NFL offenses are slants, nines, and hitches. I mean, and dig routes, too, are, are very popular. Post routes, anything that's break... a lot. Most routes are just in-breaking routes mm-hmm. because they're easy chunk completion uh, routes for the quarterback to pick up, right. especially the curl route when you see guys... Like Willie Sneed runs a great curl route. You know, he's able to kind of bring that back, and it's just an easy 10, 5, you know, 15-yard completion there. Yeah. It's valuable for quarterbacks, and... Again, you have to do the. It's not quite the same as the comeback, but you have to do the same sort of thing where you're selling that vertical pattern, using a little deception, and then have the timing to break it back at the at the break point of the route. Got it. Wow. Super nerdy route route talk there. <laughs> I hope Raymond uh, enjoys that explanation. That was very in depth. Absolutely. All right. Our list is our last email of the day from 
a washed old guy named James Coe. I didn't want to say it. Well, okay. I said it. Why do you hate the NFL Fantasy Live podcast? Also, thoughts on flavored micro-brews. JK from Redondo Beach. Way to, way to tell everybody where you live. So if you want to see a celebrity like James Coe, head to Redondo Beach and uh, scout him out. There's probably more than one Redondo Beach in the country. I think everybody Maybe would not. kind of assume that this one's <laughs> California. Nah. <laughs> Unless he flies in from somewhere to do, to do the podcast. But, all right. It's ironic because we talked to James at the top of the show. Right. There's a lot of James Coe references He's here. He's sort of sand- sandwiching our episode. Yeah, right maybe now. we'll cut this out. But anyways, I'm just kidding. We won't <laughs> cut it out. But Why we don't did, hate the NFL Fantasy Podcast. We no, we don't. You made a truce with them on last week's we episode. We did make a truce with them on last week's episode. Clearly, it wasn't good enough. For, oh, or for, it wasn't listened to. Ooh. I don't know. It's James. I don't know. It's James, James Coe just straight up not listening to the podcast? Don't come at us like that if you haven't listened, bro. That's a great point. I mean, clearly there's still some some hurt feelings on their side, but look, we've buried the hatchet. We we love the NFL Fantasy Podcast. We we brought up there. Uh, they incubated us. They incubated us, and now we're we're we're, we're coming out of our our cocoon. Yes, as butterflies, beautiful hipster butterflies, floating around the wilderness. Yeah, floating out here in the wild, and you know we'll we'll be back on there eventually. Like. You know, this is not a permanent sort of messy, ugly breakup thing. Like, right. we'll, we'll be back there, and, and all things are well between us and the Fantasy Live podcast. So, wow. I just had a, a, a revelation. What? Your beard, shaving your beard is like a metaphor for this. How it, so? we, it will be back. Right. It's going, we are going to, we're going back. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, we're just trying something different. Yeah. We're, we're just adding. Like, just like your beard. Exactly. We're trying something different. We're adding a skill uh, just like I'm adding the fact that I still look handsome as hell without this beard correct I'm showing my versatility we're showing our versatility by doing this podcast in addition to what we will and have done with the NFL Fantasy Live podcast there you go so there's no hate no I think we can just let's put we're willing to 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 drop this you know let's wipe the slate let's make a bipartisan effort here a bipodcast effort here and uh, continue to grow the whole the whole industry together. Let's squash our beefs. Let's squash the beef. And uh, <laughs> thoughts on micro, oh, flavored micro brews? You're the beer guy. Well, I like fruity brews. See, I'm not normally into fruity beers, like especially uh, like super highly flavored ones. Not into those as much. But like I mentioned, that coconut rye stout, the Patsy, very very good. Did enjoy that. Um, a good. Tangerine IPA. Oh, citrus. Yeah, yeah. Well, citru- like we talked about with with the Aurora Hoppy Alice that yes. I drank live on the show last time. Right. Uh, that's got a little bit of a, a citrusy flavor to it. So, like, exclude like wheat fruit flavored beers. Get that out of here. But if you have a little bit of flavor in like an IPA or a stout, those are good. I agree. Those can be good. It's it's a case by case basis. I hope that's not a cop out answer, but it's no. a it's a case by case. And basis. everyone has a different palate, so. Very true. Find what you like, man. Yeah. Well, All right. Hey, I that's guess it. That is pretty much going to do it. We're done. Episode four of the Fantasy Hipsters podcast. You got anything you want to plug that you're you're working on? Uh, right yeah, now? I wrote an article for NumberFire.com, uh, the ten worst starting running backs of the 2016 season. So some interesting names on that list. We were talking about that before we some, got on. Some big big names that might surprise you. Some might not. So go check that out. Just search Matt Franciscovich and NumberFire. It's on my Twitter. You should be able to find it. Uh, that's all I have to plug. You got anything? Yeah, so um, 
I mean, definitely check out receptionperception.com. Yep. Um, I just posted something on thebackyardbanter.com about how reception perception does or does not correlate to age of college prospects. That's pretty interesting. I would We'll talk about that on next week's episode. Cool. Um, and also just check out the Backyard Banter podcast. I just had a great interview with Jordan Rodriguez of the Charlotte Post, or Charlotte Observer, geez, excuse me. Uh, rude. She is a total badass. I loved the conversation that we cool. had. Really good interview. Definitely recommend checking that out. And also, you can hear the details of how you can participate in episode 50. I saw that A tweet. special episode 50. So it's also on my Twitter. Um, it's Listen to the, the, the episode 49 and you can, you can find out. It's going to be fun. I, I hope we get a lot of submissions and uh, we can make a good show out of it. But yeah. other than that, we're out of here. Yeah. Find the podcast, fantasyhipsters.com. Matt Harmon's on Twitter at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. Yes. The franchise is at Matt Franchise on Twitter. Send us questions to fantasyhipsters at gmail.com. Make Please. sure you download, subscribe, and rate and review on iTunes. We yeah. need those ratings and reviews. Yes, sir. Uh, and also check out our sponsors, Do Champs Grooming, Flag and Anthem, Reality Sports Online. Those will be in the show notes on Backyard Banter. I know I'm sure Franchise will link to them too. But, stick to uh, football.com. Stick to football.com. That's my website. All right. All right, guys. Hipsters out. Hipsters out. Hey. Hey, everyone listening to the Fantasy Hipsters podcast. I'm Franchise. We've got Matt Harmon over here. What's going on, Matt? Yeah. You know, just contemplating my slow spin into death as we all are wow yeah jets jets twitter took care of that for me yeah you've been dead for a few days now with this whole jets thing about 24 hours about 24 hours you're right you're right well i'm coming to you from six feet under (laughs) i know i had to go specifically to the cemetery to do this podcast that's right just to uh you know it's tough to get the mic down into your coffin we figured it out though yeah i mean i might be arrested for for grave disruption but whatever yeah, my body hasn't started decomposing yet, so. Cool, Charlie. <laughs>